Well, good morning. Short one for you today. Wednesday, hump day, December 13th, 2023. Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Uh, can I just say how much I appreciate you in case I haven't told you ever that uh, ever before? Uh, I really do. Uh, if you can, bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And you can tweet to me or X to me or whatever that is to me. Questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops. C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as Twitter. I, people still call them tweets even though it's X now. So I don't know what to call it. Uh, Let's start as we usually do with the uh, war in Ukraine. A declassified U.S. intelligence assessment reportedly says Russia has lost 87% of the total number of active duty ground troops it had prior to launching its invasion of Ukraine and two-thirds of its pre-invasion tanks. I I mean, you know, Russia is increasing its uh, uh, conscription. Yeah, you know, Uh, still, despite heavy losses of men and equipment, Putin is determined to push forward as the war approaches its two year anniversary in February. The assessment sent to uh, Capitol Hill on Monday uh, comes as some Republicans have balked at the U.S. providing additional funding for Ukraine. As I said, they are accomplishing things. Um. Where was I? Mm. There we go. Uh, Russia has been able to keep its war effort going despite the heavy losses by relaxing recruitment standards and dipping into Soviet area uh, era uh, stockpiles of older equipment. According to the assessment of the 360,000 troops that entered Ukraine, including contract and conscript uh, personnel, Russia has lost 315,000 on the battlefield. That's 315,000 out of 360,000. 2,200 of 3,500 tanks have been lost. I think they have a total of like 1,100, but that doesn't include the old ones. Uh, 4,400 of uh, 13,600 infantry fighting vehicles and armored personnel carriers have also been destroyed. A 32% loss rate. The assessment reads, as of late November, Russia lost over a quarter of its pre-invasion stockpiles of ground forces equipment. This has reduced the complexity and scale of Russia's offensive operations, which have failed to make major gains in Ukraine since early 2022. So when a Republican tells you Ukraine isn't doing anything, they're doing a lot. It's just that you can't see it. And it's hurting Russia. It's not. And and as I said yesterday, it's not just hurting Russia. It's also depleting uh, armed stockpiles in North Korea. It's also depleting armed stockpiles in Iran. It's important that we stay helping Ukraine. Uh, Hungarian PM uh, Victor Orban 
uh, Prime Minister Viktor Orban, uh, has reaffirmed his position that the EU should not open a session talks. He said the EU is preparing to make a terrible mistake and we must prevent that even if 26 members want to make the mistake. If we want to give support to Ukraine, a geostrategic signal, then we should. But this is not membership. In other words, he doesn't want Ukraine in the EU. <clears throat> the EU's executive is expected to unblock 10 billion euros in funding for Hungary today in a move criticized as an attempt to persuade Orban to lose his objections to helping Ukraine. I, honestly, I don't think Orban should get the money. He's a backsliding democracy more in line with Russia because of him. And I don't know who knows what he's going to do with that money. He's certainly not going to help it for uh, use it for democracy. Uh, the U.S. announced a wave of new sanctions targeting 250 individuals and entities in countries including Turkey, China, and the United Arab Emirates as it tries to further isolate Russia over its full-scale invasion. I'm sure we'll hear more about that. Uh, the U.S. announced a new $200 million uh, military aid package for Ukraine, including ammunition for the HIMARS systems, um, high-speed anti-radiation missiles, and artillery rounds. It is separate from the package currently stalled in Congress by Republicans. Uh, the Biden administration said in a statement, unless Congress take action to pass additional aid, this will be one of the last security assistant packages we will be able to provide Ukraine. Zelensky arrived in Norway on uh, uh, today, uh, earlier today, for a previously unannounced visit to discuss support for his country, uh, his country's defenses. He flew there after a trip to the U.S. where he made a last-ditch effort to win the uh, new military aid from Congress before the current approved amount runs dry. Alexander Prokudin, the head of the regional military administration, said that one person was killed and four others injured during 24 hours of Russian bombardment of the southern Kherson region. Uh, the Ukrainian Air Force said it shot down nine of 15 Iranian-made Shahid drones launched by Russia at several regions of Ukraine. Ukraine claimed to have captured a tactically important hill in the eastern Donetsk region. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky announced on social media that his troops had taken the foothold, which provides a vantage point over the uh, front line near uh, Piv uh, Pivdeni. I, or Piv, Pivdin, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, it's a mining town uh, to the northwest of the Donut city of uh, Horlivka. Uh, Zelensky posted on formerly Twitter this morning, Pacific time, Russia attempted to strike Kiev with 10 ballistic missiles at 3 a.m. this night. All of them were shot down. I am grateful to our air defense forces and partners I thank all of our service, uh, services helping the victims of the fallen debris. We keep working to enhance our capabilities and we have powerful new agreements. We are working to expedite their implementation. President Biden and I just agreed to work on increasing the number of air defense systems in Ukraine and the terrorist state, demonstrating how critical this decision is. And the, oh, and the terrorist state, you know, 
Russian to English translation. It's not always perfect. And the terrorist state demonstrated how critical this decision is. Uh, speaking of Russia, of course. Each additional system and missile is vital for Ukraine, our cities, and our people. They are saving lives. Russia has proven once again that it is a heinous country that fires missiles at night, trying to hit residential areas, kindergartens, and energy facilities during the winter. There will be a response, certainly. Kyiv Mayor Vitaly Kanibayavau uh, Klitschko said 53 people were hurt in the attacks, including six children. The port city of Odessa was also attacked for several hours by drones overnight. A regional military chief said two men were reportedly injured and there was damage to civil infrastructure. Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. Yesterday, the UN General Assembly passed a resolution demanding an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Israel's two-month war on Gaza after the U.S. last week used its permanent member status to veto a similar Security Council measure. The resolution also demands all parties comply with their obligations under international law, including international humanitarian law, notably with regard to protection of civilians, as well as the immediate and unconditional release of all hostages, as well as ensuring humanitarian access. The final vote during the General Assembly's emergency special session in New York was 153 to 10, with 23 abstentions. You can probably guess who was among the 10. Austria, Chechnya, or uh, Chechia, Guatemala, Israel, Liberia. Oh, geez, what a surprise. Israel didn't like it. Micronesia, Nauru, Papua New Guinea, Paraguay, and the United States. So basically, two powers, maybe three, two great powers, maybe three. The rest are, uh, you know, dependent on the United States and possibly uh, Israel. Even Germany abstained. They would normally back Israel, but they abstained. It was understandable that Ukraine abstained because they don't want to get in the middle right now because they need everyone's help. Austria, the birthplace of Hitler. Of course, they did it, and that's probably why. But the rest are all either reliant on the U.S. and Israel or some other political reason, like the U.S., a two-thirds majority is required for an adoption of the resolution, uh, which is it was way beyond two-thirds. The text of the adopted resolution said, expressing grave concern over the catastrophic humanitarian, uh, in part, uh, in part it said this, expressing grave concern over the catastrophic humanitarian situation in the Gaza Strip and the suffering of the Palestinian civilian population, and emphasizing that the Palestinian and Israeli uh, civilian populations must be protected in accordance with international humanitarian law. One, demands an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. Two, reiterates its demand that all parties comply with their obligations under international law, including international humanitarian law, notably with regard to protecting of civilians. Three, demands the immediate and unconditional release of all hostages, as well as ensuring humanitarian access. Four, eh, decides to adjourn 
the 10th emergency special session temporarily and to authorize the president of the General Assembly at its most recent session to resume its meeting upon request from member states. That was it. Yesterday's meeting came after Egypt and uh, Mauritania invoked Resolution 3, uh, excuse me, 377A, Part 5, which states that if the Security Council, because of lack of unanimity, unanimity of the uh, permanent members, fails to exercise its primary responsibility for the maintenance of international peace and security in any case where there appears to be a threat to the peace, breach of the peace, or act of aggression, the General Assembly shall consider the matter immediately. So, kind of push through the U.S.'s block. Is Biden cracking on his support for Israel? Eh, not exactly. It's like a, a hairline fracture that you keep tapping with a hammer, but nothing happens. You want to crack that pot? Mm, there's a certain point where you need a bigger hammer. We haven't gotten there yet. Yesterday, Biden cautions Israel's far-right leadership to change how it wages war on Gaza, warning that the country is losing support around the world due to its indiscriminate bombing of the Palestinian Strip. He said he said it as if Israel cares, but they don't because they have the support, the support of Biden in the U.S. Why would they care? But then something odd happened. Is it because the people around Biden are lying to him that he said this? Biden claimed during a closed-door fundraiser in Washington, D.C., that Israel has most of the world supporting it. He really said that. A curious assertion that came on the same day that the United Nations General Assembly voted 153 to 10 on a resolution demanding an immediate humanitarian ceasefire. But at least then, Biden said, but they're starting to lose that support by the indiscriminate bombing that takes place. Starting to lose support? Really? You think the loss of support is just starting? You think the loss of support didn't happen in the first day? Referring to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, Biden said, It was pointed out to me, I'm being very blunt with you all, it was pointed out to me that, by Bibi, that, well, you carpet-bombed Germany, you dropped the atom bomb, a lot of civilians died. I said, yeah, that's why all these institutions were set up after World War II to see to it that it didn't happen again. It didn't happen again. I, of course... Yes, we know. Of course, that's a lie, too, because the U.S. has been involved in carpet bombing civilians and countries all over the world since then. So, no, that didn't stop it. Uh, Responding to Biden's admission that Israel is engaging in indiscriminate killing of Palestinians, Amnesty International said on formerly known as Twitter that while we welcome President Biden's increasing concern with the Israeli military's indiscriminate bombings in Gaza, his words must be followed by action, which, of course, they have not been. 
Biden's staunch support for Israel, which includes asking for an additional $14.3 billion in U.S. military aid atop the $3.8 billion the country already receives from D.C. yearly, has led to many people calling him Genocide Joe. And you've seen the little Twitter memes of Genocide Joe. He's also been accused of genocide denial for doubting Palestinian officials' casualty figures. Over 18,000 now. I'm shocked that it isn't 20,000 already. Uh, Critics, like you and I, have also noted how Biden called Russia's invasion of Ukraine a genocide while refusing to recognize Israel's war on Gaza, which is orders of magnitude worse. Well, which is true. Let me ask you, are 90% of Ukrainians displaced as the Palestinians are in Gaza? No. In any part of Ukraine's war, were 20,000 innocent civilians killed in 10 weeks? Of course, if you really wanted to compare it, about in comparison to the population... About 400,000 would have uh, would have had to be killed in Ukraine. That's about 1% of the population. One because 1% was killed. Uh, almost 1% was killed in uh, Gaza. Was 1% of the entire population of Ukraine wiped out in 2 months like what has happened in Gaza? No. Make no mistake, if you can call Putin a war criminal, then Netanyahu and his far-right government and the Neset is the same, but on a much grander scale. So, seriously, let's, let's, let's try to stay consistent when we call people out for what they do. Uh, So that Yahoo, Netanyahu, may not last much longer as prime minister. The people want him gone, and they want him gone quickly. Uh, The Gulf state of Qatar, or uh, or Qatar, or however you want to pronounce it, has come under fire by Israeli officials, American politicians, and media outlets for sending hundreds of millions of dollars in aid to Gaza, which is governed by the Palestinian militant group. Hamas. But all that happened, apparently, with Israel's blessing. In a series of interviews with key Israeli players, media were told Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu continued the cash flow to Hamas despite concerns raised from within his own government. In 2018, Qatar began making monthly payments to the Gaza Strip. Some 15 million were sent to Gaza in cash-filled suitcases delivered by the Qataris through Israeli territory after months of negotiation with Israel. The payment started after the Palestinian Authority, the Palestinian government in Israel's occupied West Bank that is a rival of Hamas, after they decided to cut salaries of government employees in Gaza in 2017. The Palestinian Authority opposed the Qatari funding at the time, which Hamas said was meant for payment of public salaries as well as medical purposes. It wasn't really used for that. It was used to buy missiles 
and arms. Um, Israel approved the deal in a security cabinet meeting in August 2018 when Netanyahu was serving his previous tenure as the premier. Uh, the U.S. was aware of the Qatari payments to Hamas. Qatar was prepared to provide funds to the Gaza Strip through Hamas as early as 2014 Israeli-Hamas war to alleviate the humanitarian crisis there. And the U.S. at the time left it up to Israelis to decide whether they would permit it. Israeli and international media have reported that Netanyahu's plan to continue allowing aid to reach Gaza through Qatar was in the hope that it might make Hamas an effective counterweight to the Palestinian Authority and prevent the establishment of a Palestinian state. Okay, now we touched on this. Remember a couple weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago that Netanyahu supported Hamas growing but we didn't know the context. Palest uh, um, Palestinian Authority officials said at the time the cash transfers encouraged division between Palestinian factions, between Hamas and the Palestinian Authority. Major General Amos Jalad, a former senior Israeli Defense Ministry official, said the plan was backed by the Prime Minister. Netanyahu, but not by Israeli intelligence uh, community. There was also some belief that it would weaken Palestinian sovereignty. He said, there was also an illusion that if you feed them, meaning Hamas, with money, they would be tamed. Shlomo Brom, a former deputy to Israel, uh, Israel's national security advisor, said that an empowered Hamas helped Netanyahu avoid negotiating over a Palestinian state, saying the division of Palestinians helped him make the case that he had no partner for peace in the Palestinians, thus avoiding pressure for peace talks that could lead to the establishment of an independent Palestinian state. So now you're getting it. Now you're understanding Divide and conquer. Make sure the Palestinian state, Palestinian state is fighting with itself so you can purposely stop peace and pur purposely stop the Palestinians from having their own state. That was the plan by Netanyahu. Naftali Bennett, a former Israeli prime minister, and I remember when he was in charge, that was just 2021, right? He said Sunday that after years of flagging his concerns to the Netanyahu government when he was Minister of Education, he stopped the suitcase cash transfers when he became Prime Minister in 2021. The cash payments stopped, but the transfer of funds to Gaza continued under Bennett's leadership. Netanyahu has come under increasing criticism as the depth of his government involvement in the move, as well as the motivations for it, come to light. It's sort of like when the United States went into Afghanistan and start uh, started uh, giving money to um, uh, uh, to um, the Taliban to help them make the country destabilize, and now the Taliban are in charge. <laughs> oh man, uh, the funding deal is one reason why many Israelis right now and today
place part of the blame for the October 7th Hamas terror attack on Netanyahu personally. And they want him out. They want him out now. Uh, Moving on. Today, far-right Republicans, including Speaker Mike Johnson, will introduce a vote to formally authorize the impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden as Republicans rally behind the charged process despite lingering concerns among some in the party that the investigation has yet to produce any evidence of misconduct by the president. They are an impeachment looking for a reason. Political payback for impeaching Trump and trouncing him in the election. The vote comes as House Speaker Mike Johnson and his leadership team face growing pressure to show progress in what has become a nearly year-long probe centered around the business dealings of the Biden family members. And it's more than a year-long probe, really. I mean, this all started uh, back in 2017 when Trump, Trump was in power. He, he's the one that ordered investigations. While their investigation has raised ethical questions, no evidence has emerged that Biden acted corruptly or accepted bribes in his current role as president or previous office as vice president. But this is definitely political because Trump got votes for impeachment in the Senate on the Republican side because there was actual corruption. And as things stand now, all Democrats in the Senate and most Republicans would not want to try Biden on such shaky ground because of how political it looks. It's going to hurt Republicans in the coming election. A successful vote in the House today would uh, also ensure that the impeachment investigation extends well into the 2024 election cycle when Biden will be running for re-election. And of course, you know that's what it's all about. And that's what they wanted all along because they cannot win on the issues. Now, Hunter Biden is, I don't know if he did it, but he's supposed to, he was supposed to start uh, uh, his appearance in front of Congress uh, today while they questioned him, but he had, has refused to do it unless it's a public hearing. So I don't know. I haven't been watching the news So I don't know if that has happened yet, if he has uh, decided not to go in or if he's decided to go in and just say, I cannot answer questions unless this is a public hearing. I don't know what he's doing right now. And uh, if you heard him talk this morning, because he I mean, you can probably see it on YouTube. If you listen to Hunter Biden talk this morning, he talks about what the Republicans are doing. And uh, the, the horrific things he's doing to him and his family, including Joe Biden, uh, uh, through political means. It's all political. And he explains it very well. Anyway, I, I won't get into that. Maybe I'll touch on that tomorrow. Eh, I just didn't feel like doing much work today, you know. Uh, in New York, the State Court of Appeals has ordered an independent redistricting commission to redraw New York's congressional districts. It's a move that has national implications and could affect which party controls the House of Representatives. New York has a law that says you can't gerrymander or make congressional maps essentially for political gain. Unlike unlike federal law, which says you can for political gain, according to the Supreme Court, by the way. 
Uh, the Constitution calls for a bipartisan commission to draw the maps, but then Democrats controlling the state house get final approval, and only slight changes in current maps could likely end with lines favorable to Democrats. And we talked about this months ago that it was that this was coming, uh, and that we could we could see a swing in uh, seats of up to like twenty. Well, you know what? This could be six right here alone. Uh, the decision means that six freshman Republicans who won last time could have to run in new district lines that are less favorable, and it could give Democrats a leg up in taking back control of the House. I'm so sick of gerrymandering. I, I wish I was in control of this, you know, but unfortunately I'm not, because I would do a fair uh, drawing of districts. I really would. Moving on. In Arizona, a 158-year-old uh, near-total abortion ban, still on the books, is now in the hands of the state Supreme Court. I, you know what? I don't know why it should be allowed on the books. It was created when Arizona wasn't a state, uh, though there, there's a reason for that, too. Uh, justices heard opening arguments yesterday in a suit challenging the restrictive law. The outcome of the case will dictate which abortion ban the state must enforce. The ban enacted in 1864, a half century before Arizona even gained statehood, uh, that would likely end almost all legal abortions, uh, abortion care in the state, or a 2022 law that bans most abortions after the 15th week of pregnancy. Neither is particularly palatable. At stake in the case is the future of, uh, of that Civil War era law, which criminalized abortion by making it a felony punishable by two to five years in prison for anyone who performs or helps a woman obtain one. The law, which was codified again in 1901 and once again in 1913 after Arizona became a state, includes an exception to save the woman's life. An abortion rights group called Arizona for uh, uh, called Arizona for Abortion Access is seeking to put a proposed constitutional amendment on the November 2024 ballot that would create a fundamental right to receive abortion care up until fetal viability or after the 24th week of pregnancy. The ballot effort is one of at least nine ballots across the country that seek to put the issue directly in the hands of voters. And you notice this is going up in 2024 during the presidential election. It's going to bring progressives out of the woodworks to vote for it. That's why they're doing it also politically. If the measure were to pass, it would effectively undo both the 1864 and the 2022 abortion restrictions currently in place in the state. Uh, they aren't quite there yet. Uh, they have to get, I think it's like um, 364,000 signatures. I don't know how many they have. I haven't been really following along, but I'm sure they'll get enough signatures. And, and double take, what, huh? WTF? There is no one as far right as the sociopath Ann Coulter. She is a nutball. And yet she surprised even me. 
the conservative took to formerly known as Twitter yesterday to come out in support of Kate Cox, the woman who unsuccessfully uh, uh, fought to get an abortion in Texas and, and made national headlines this month as she had to go out of state for the procedure. Coulter tweeted, The pro-life movement has gone from compassion for the child to cruelty to the mother and child. Trisomy 18 is not a condition that is compatible with life. Still, her views make her one to be culled from the herd. She still doesn't believe people should get abortion unless unless the life of the baby or the life of the mother uh, is in danger. Um, or if the baby is going to be born deformed or, you know, whatever. She's like that kind. But she doesn't think there should be any abortions. And she's usually not for feminism or women's rights. But if you think Republicans will kick her out, think again, uh, because she's as far right as as they, they come. She really is. Uh, she's further right than Liz Cheney. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about it. She's still going to be in the Republican Party. So, on to Trump. <clears throat> According to communications given to investigators by Kenneth Chesabro, a lawyer who worked for the Trump campaign on the fake electors scheme, Pennsylvania Republicans raised concerns with the language of the Trump team certificates declaring him the winner of the state's election. Of course, he didn't win. It was the fake electors claiming it. New documents show that Donald Trump's trusted advisors were warned that criminal charges could result from the fake elector schemes carried out in the several states. Which, of course, if, if Trump's people knew, which, of course, likely means that Trump knew that the schemes were illegal and went ahead with them anyway. We shall see what happens. We shall see uh, uh, these these people that Kenneth Chesabro told. It would be interesting to find out if the legal advisors to Trump, if they get called to testify, if they say they told Trump it was illegal. Then suddenly it's a whole new ball game and Trump is definitely going to prison. Uh, anyway, uh, like I said, hump day. I, I mean, it's hump day for some of you. Monday, you Monday through Friday thing in the rest of the world. But here in L.A., it means absolutely nothing because everybody here works on the weekend. They work. People work nonstop around the clock usually. Yeah, it depends on what job they have. That's how it is in L.A. I have so many jobs, I can't even count them. Anyway, uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Wednesday, hump day, December 13th, 2023. Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. Uh, man, do I appreciate you coming every day in case I haven't told you. Bring someone with you if you can today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Those four words, Political Views TV Podcast. Tweet to me or X to me. Questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly Twitter. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. 
I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.